I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! He's the fastest man on the planet. He'd have got there, rabbits. Yes, yes. Hello, one. Hello, all. We are joined by a man who isn't ranked eighth in Supercoach Classic this week. It's Joe from the Park Footy Pod, mate. How are we going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, obviously, last week, a uh, bit of a down week for everybody. I was absolutely sweating it. I had captaincy on Jerome Luai last week, and I was absolutely sweating it. Uh, but thankfully, everybody else did fairly poorly as well. I remember getting a message from you at about 10 o'clock on Thursday saying your week's over because of uh, Luai. And it was a very, very tough wait, wasn't it? Um, I think he was on like 50 points or something to that last play. And as someone that recently brought him in and spent a fair bit of coin getting him in, it was nervous wait times, but the offload to Cleary definitely helped. Mate, I was sitting there. I went to that game, the Broncos and Panthers game. And obviously being a Panthers fan, I was uh, sweating it for about 75 minutes of that game. And after the game, I was sitting there in the gutter waiting to get picked up by my missus, looking at my team, feeling like I I deserved to be sitting in the gutter. I was, yeah, not having a good time at all. I have about 27 Panthers players in my team. So it was not a good day at all. Speaking of the Panthers, mate, they're the first game to play this week. So I think a lot of VCs are going to come out of that game again. Um, obviously the Friday night Broncos are the main thing, but it seems to be the Thursday night Panthers playing a fair few games, but I think for the Knights, that return of Kalen Ponga was probably the X factor that really broke that game open for them. Um, but I think young Brody Jones was probably one of the unsung heroes that game last week, I think was one of the best on ground for the Knights, but it's good to see Kalen Ponga back, wasn't it? And it really puts a spanner in the works for the, the fullback conundrum that we have. Oh, I definitely agree. Pongo looked excellent uh, after the week that he had against the Titans. Whilst he looked pretty good in attack defensively, he looked shot. And I was, I was very worried about his confidence, especially coming back from such a bad injury as well. Uh, but yeah, he looked incredible. And Brody Jones, he was, yeah, like you said, outside of Ponga, best player on the ground. Now, a man that is outside of Ponga uh, on the attacking sense, Mitch Barnett, I think we spoke about this off camera a couple of weeks ago, about how good that combination is going to be. And it's similar to that, uh, 2019 Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Callum Pong combination, just really uh, creating havoc for teams' right edge defenses. And I'm really excited about that moving forward. It's going to give Barnett a bit more life in people's teams, don't you reckon? Look, for me, I traded out Barnett last week uh, with the simple fact that Fitzgibbon is coming back soon. And I sort of looked at the price that Barnett was sitting at and I sort of looked at everything that was happening with Newcastle and I just wasn't massive on him. I got made look an absolute fool last week. Barnett killed it. Uh, him with Ponga is so lethal. Um, I really regret getting rid of him so early um, just because I, we don't know what's going to happen with Fitzgibbon. I definitely think he's a hold for now. I think in the next couple of weeks, once Fitzgibbon comes back and we sort of get a, an understanding of his minutes, um, you, you'll have a better understanding of what's going on with uh, Barnett there. The problem with Fitz and Barnett is last year, there was no Connor Watson. Um, so Barnett could move back to 13 and, and still play decent minutes. But with the way Watson's playing in that 13 role, uh, I don't know how uh, coach Adam O'Brien's really going to use them. So it's going to be interesting to see moving forward when Fitz is back. Uh, one more talking point, I guess, from this from the teamless Tuesdays is the Panthers inclusions. Now, Api Corusau, Robert Jennings and Dylan Edwards have all been named. 
on the extended bench. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if Ivan Cleary decides to use him this week or whether he takes the week off um, for, for moving forward. As a Panthers fan, do you want to see them back this week or are you happy with Mitch Kenny and, and guys like Charlie Staines and Matt Burton? Obviously, Paul Momorowski is out. Um, we've got uh, Brett Naden named in the reserves in the reserve grade side. So how do you see that Momorowski spot being filled, obviously, with him being suspended last night for three weeks? Look, for me, mate, I look at Dylan Edwards and he has to be the fastest healing human being in this universe. He had surgery about three weeks ago in his hand and he's already looking at coming back, which is incredible. Uh, for me, I'd love to see Dylan Edwards come back and go straight back into that fullback position. I think Stephen Crichton's really been struggling there. Uh, he looks like he's low on confidence at the moment. And the fact is Matt Burton, who's slotted into uh, Stephen Crichton's position there, has just been absolutely killing it. Um, I've got Crichton in my Supercoach team again, somebody who I thought going back to fullback was just going to be racking up the points but it just didn't seem to happen so for me i hope uh, dylan edwards does come back from everything i've read it looks pretty likely that he's going to be coming back this week which means Crichton will go back to the centers and you might see matt burton go across to our uh, paul momorowski center and he's suspended for three weeks the way burton's played i think if any if, if it was any other one if it was any other player and um, there would be no question about him holding his spot but i think because burton's off to the dogs next year and uh, there's really no incentive for the panthers to play him so if it was anyone else matt burton's probably there all season long but yeah, I think uh, unfortunately for him, that he's probably just going to spend some more time in reserve grade, which is fine. If you're a Bulldogs fan, you want to see him develop, but unfortunate for Matt Burton. The next game is South versus Titans. Obviously last night, Latrell Mitchell didn't get his um, suspension overturned. So he will be out for four weeks. Alex Johnson has been named at fullback, but there is reports of Cody Walker training at fullback yesterday, maybe him slotting in, or do we think this is more uh, some Wayne Bennett mind games with the media? It's so tough to say. I mean, you've got Benji Marshall there who can slot into the six. I think Benji looked really good there when he has slotted into the six throughout the season. Uh, and then Cody Walker in fullback makes me salvate. I think he could be absolutely anything in fullback there. We obviously know everything that's going on with the fullbacks. Uh, obviously, Ryan Pappenhausen, who we'll get to. Uh, there's just so many injuries going around at the moment. So I think a, a Cody Walker to the fullback position, uh, just to boost up your team's points this week, could be absolutely anything for those who do have him. Yeah, so if, if it stays as, as it is, it'll be Johnson on the, at fullback, Gagai on the wing, Masters and Graham and Jackson Paulo on the other wing. Um, not too sure how much stock Bennett has in Jackson Paulo. Obviously, Mansour is going to be out with that hamstring injury as well. But I, we know that he only lasted a week the last time he was in the side. So definitely could see Cody Walker going to fullback and then having Gagai on, on one wing and Johnson on the other, or, or maybe even shifting someone like a Stephen Masters out to the to the wing with, with Cody Walker playing fullback. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens at about four o'clock on Friday, uh, whether Wayne Bennett pulls the trigger or leaves it as it is. Either way, I think Cody Walker's in for a big game with no Latrell Mitchell. On the Titan side of things, the big exclusion, Tino Farsul Malawi uh, being suspended, took the early plea, so it's two weeks. Uh, just hasn't been doing enough for me to warrant holding him for two weeks either. So I think he's a sell. Uh, as for the Titans, there isn't a whole lot else happening. Mo Fodawake comes into prop. Uh, PG stays at 13. So, look, I don't really think there's too much to talk about from the from the Tino side of things. It's just a case of are you going to be holding him or or is he just not providing enough impact for you to, to, to trade him out? I think with Tino, I think for everybody and considering how many injuries and suspensions there's been this week is the fact that Tino is going to be gone for two weeks. It's probably a good thing. Uh, you, you obviously want to get him out of your team. He's been dropping money like it's going out of fashion. So I think that Tino is somebody that you need to get out of your team, but there's probably more pressing issues in your team at the moment. I know for mine, there certainly is. So I think Tino is a player that you could hold on to for this week and then try to get rid of him next week if you do have more pressing issues. Uh, but I do think he is somebody that you've got to get rid of. Okay, the next game is uh, Parramatta and the Broncos. Now, obviously the Broncos 
Raiders played their best game of the season last week and probably wasn't enough to get the job done over over the Panthers, who are the best side in the comp so far. The Eels put on a clinic against a struggling Raiders side. The talking point from this game, obviously, Ryan Madison has been named to start the back row for New South Wales Cup. Um, they play up in Darwin, the first grade side, I'm pretty sure from memory. And do we see Maddo just playing a game in reserve grade to get his fitness back? Or is this more sort of Ryan Madison being named and pulled out last minute type things? Dylan Brown comes back for Parramatta Eels. And I guess the big question mark over the other back row spot, Isaiah Papali has been killing it with Maddo out. You're not going to drop Maddo um, to the bench, but Sean Lane, he might be on the chopping block. We know last year that Andrew Davey came in and started the last two games for Parramatta with Sean Lane dropping to the bench with the way he was playing. Do we see the same happening with uh, Isaiah Papali'i and Sean Lane? We're starting to get to that point in the season now where everybody's team's going to start to look different. I feel like when you first start the season, everyone's teams look pretty similar, but then you have a fair few injuries and suspensions and it really starts to chop and change things. And we're starting to see that happen now, which is really exciting for everybody uh, in Supercoach. And I think that uh, when we're talking about this, for sure, I think that Ryan Madison, he's got, He's a player who can go out there and he can give you a hundred or he can give you, you know, a fifty. Yeah, and Isaiah Papali, he's been absolutely killing it. You're exactly right. Uh, for me, Isaiah Papali has done enough to keep his position there. Sean Lane, we were talking about it earlier before we started recording uh, that he did play a few games off the bench last year, and Andrew Davy came in for him. So we could see uh, Papali and Ryan Madison start. Sean Lane and Papali uh, in the starting lineup as well, and Ryan Madison spend a time in the New South Wales Cup. It's just got to that point of the season where things are absolute chaos. Uh, for me. I wouldn't be touching Ryan Madison yet. I think with the mixture of concussions uh, and the fact that his position is just not so stable, they've got so many good second rowers there at the moment at Parramatta. Uh, yeah, mate, it's he's one that I would definitely sit for the next couple of weeks and to see how it all plays out. Now with Isaiah, have we missed the boat or, or is he still a reasonable, okay prospect to pick up? He's 633K. He's two stints off the bench for a 64 and a 54 against the Broncos and Melbourne. And then as he started, he's gone 58, 93, 109, 129. Now those last three weeks, um, he has scored pies. So that's going to inflate the stats there. But a base of, basically his base has gone 54, 50, 50, 54, 62, 61. So we know that he's a safe 50 with attacking upside. Um, but is 633K a bit too much to spend? Or is this the, the last week that we can get him with a minus seven break even? Look, I think that this week is probably the last week. Uh, if they hadn't have been versing the Broncos this week and then the Bulldogs the following week, I probably would have said that the, the ship has sailed. Uh, but for me, I just think with weak opposition coming up, the fact that his break even is so small, I still think that there is a little bit of a window of opportunity to get him into your team and make a bit of cash. Uh, in saying that, you probably will have to burn a trade though in a couple of weeks' time. I can't see him holding up the scores that he's been putting up. Like you said, he's been scoring meat pies uh, week after week and that's just going to dry up eventually. Definitely. But like looking at the draw though, we've got the Broncos, the Bulldogs, um, the Roosters, the Warriors, Manly, South, Newcastle, West, Bulldogs, Panthers. So between now and the second bye week, he's probably got three tough matchups in the, the Roosters, South and the Panthers. The rest of them look pretty good. He does play the first bye week as well. So I th- I'm, I'm on agreement with you. I wasn't really looking at him. I thought the ship had sailed, but looking a little bit closer at the stats, um, definitely I think he's an okay pickup. I wish we, we bought him at 408k. Uh, all those weeks ago. Now, they also get Dylan Brown back, who hasn't been firing too well for Supercoach. Not too sure if he's really going to be an option moving forward. It just doesn't seem to be doing enough. And as we touched on Ryan Madison already, the next game, there's a lot to talk about with this one. It's the Sharks and the Bulldogs. And we've got Sean Johnson coming back, Jack Hetherington being suspended. Will Chambers also uh, getting a contract back in the NRL, which uh, I can't wrap my head around. 
And uh, Luke Thompson, the big Englishman, touted as one of the best front row forwards in the world when coming over to Australia last year. Didn't have a preseason in the middle of a global pandemic. Didn't really fire as much as we expected him to. But Luke Thompson's really showing, I guess, the class he was so hyped about and, and really is the go forward behind this Bulldogs pack. LT, another one of these guys you're looking at for your Supercoach side, mate? It's funny you mentioned Luke Thompson. and Again, another player that I last night sent you a quick message and uh, sort of wanted to get your opinion on him because I was going to bring him into my team. And two seconds later, I put your podcast on and there he was in your pod and you're giving him a, a big rap. So yeah, for me, I'm, I'm going to bring him in this week. I think getting rid of uh, Tino Fasua Malawi and bringing him in uh, is a pretty good swap. I think there's a fair bit of cash to be made in Luke Thompson. Again, uh, his stats are just pure base basically he just goes out there and he's just an absolute workhorse uh we see jack hetherington on the on the pine for six weeks and we know that the bulldogs are short of forwards there especially middle forwards so i think you could see luke thompson's minutes increase as well um you have to remember he's coming off that suspension and a little niggling injury so i think his minutes were going to increase anyways but i just think now that uh jack hetherington is going to be sit- sitting those six weeks on the sideline uh his minutes are just going to inflate massively and he could be absolutely anything yeah, so 50 minutes against the Storm two weeks ago, 56 minutes against the Cowboys last week. Uh, Hetherington's out. Jackson Tapine's also out. So there could be some more minutes freeing up for LT. Uh, scored a solid 65 last week with 57 basically coming all in base. Interested to see uh, if his role changes at all playing in the front row compared to 13. We know Josh Jackson, when he played 13, was just a tackling machine with very little upside. But I think Trent Barrett knows how much he needs Luke Thompson to to provide the spark for his team moving forward. He's break even 17, so it's not as pressing as Isaiah Papali'i. So if you are going to wait a week on him, then we can definitely justify that. A man that we didn't talk about in the Eels-Broncos game, Matt Lodge, another one of these guys who's coming back to form, uh, scored a 62 last week in about 38 minutes. So a ridiculous PPM for Lodge, another one of these guys that we can chuck in to, to trade out for Tino or even trade out for a Takiyaho if you're not confident of his game time moving forward. Uh, what do we make of Will Chambers? Do you think we'll be having the discussion in two weeks' time about him for Supercoach? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Like, especially for the team of the Sharks. Like, the Sharks have got so many good outside backs. I honestly think that that's probably one of their biggest strengths is their outside backs. So many good young players that are all versatile and can play so many different positions. And to bring somebody like a Will Chambers back into this side, uh, when you've got somebody like a Josh Dugan who is very similar to the way that he plays. I think, I think he looks very similar to him. We've obviously got a Jesse Ramey in there. Connor Tracy's been killing it. I don't understand the move at all. Um, unless it's for purely for depth and we don't see Will Chambers play very often. Um, yeah. I don't quite get it, mate, at all. 386k for Will Chambers. It's just way too much to be looking at for him. I think Connor Tracy is uh, the big loser out of this. He's been doing a great job in the centers. And I think he might be the one that drops out of this side, unfortunately. Uh, a man that I'll, I'll touch on quickly, Jesse Ramian, um, averaging 64. We know how much he excels when John Johnson comes back into the team. He's currently 442K and not owned by many people at all. Is he a sneaky pod that you could look at getting in? Absolutely. Another player that I was looking at, if my team didn't get absolutely decimated last week, uh, I'd be having much different changes to what I've got this week. All the changes that I've made have just been basically uh, forced changes and ones that I know I have to make this week. Otherwise, it's going to be an absolute curse for the rest of the year. Uh, but for me, if I had a, a spare trade or I didn't have any injuries or I had one that was in the center wing, I would definitely be looking at somebody like a Jesse Ramian. I think that the Sharks have been so much better than what, what everybody expected. And Sean Johnson coming back is a massive boost for that team. I think it's maybe a blessing in disguise. You might not be picking up Jesse Ramian this week. Obviously plays the Bulldogs, which is fantastic. But after that, it's Melbourne, South Panthers. So it's not a great draw for the next three weeks. So we could look at picking him up maybe after the bye week. 
Um, between sort of rounds 13 onwards, they play uh, the Panthers again, the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Warriors, the Raiders, the Bulldogs, uh, Seagulls, Warriors, Knights, Tigers, Broncos. So they have a very, very good draw coming home. Uh, and I would urge that to people when looking at picking players for the, for the run home, look at the draw and the Sharks have a, a very good draw. I know the Knights have a pretty good draw as well. So I think Ramian could be a great option. SJ could be another great option when he comes back to full match fitness. So just look at the draws, but maybe with Ramian, I'd, I'd be holding off one more week. The next game, we see the Cowboys and the Raiders and the, the Raiders just get all their trips back, don't they? Ricky Stewart has swung the axe, brought in some guys back. Corey Hadawira Naira, Corey Horsburgh, Ryan James, Tom Starling. Now, this was the problem that we had all preseason with the Raiders, wasn't it? There's just so many mouths to feed. What's going to happen with the rotation? Is everyone going to get adequate time to be super coach relevant? I don't think so, unfortunately. Ryan James is probably the only one that I can look at there moving forward until Corey Hadawira Naira gets a start. Are you looking at, at any of these preseason guys that we love so much now? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look, for me, you, you hit the nail on the head there. It's just so much up in the air. You just don't know what Ricky Stewart's going to do. If Raiders go out there and put up another back-to-back weeks of just absolute stinker performances, which they have the last two weeks, um, I just think that you know, and there's just too much uh, opportunity for change in that team. And there's just so many players that are fighting for positions. So a lot of their players do worry me. Um, Ryan James is obviously sitting there at about 280K. We know what he did at the start of the season before getting those uh, couple of head knocks. And I think that he's probably a decent pickup. Uh, but again, the job security is just not there for me. And players like that, I, I just tend to worry about. You don't want to have, have to have a player that you have to swap simply because he's not injured or he's not suspended, but you just have to get rid of him because he's being put on the bench or cut from the team entirely. Uh, they're, they're the kind of players that you want to avoid, in my opinion. Yeah, a man that's fallen from grace, but we expected this to happen, was Tom Starling. Started the season at 539K, and within four weeks, he's down to 378. So a 200K price drop, but only playing 20-odd minutes or so off the bench. Look, Hodgson's not going to be out long enough for, to look at Starling, so I urge people probably to steer away from that. If he is a, a draft target, uh, pick him up for a couple of weeks. But in terms of classic, I think there's just not enough security for Stalin moving forward, unfortunately. The next game sees the Tigers and the Seagulls, one side coming off an enormous high, one side coming off an enormous low. Uh, I guess for super coaches, the big positive that people might not have seen, Sean Bloor has been named on the bench for New South Wales Cup. I expect him to be eased back in with a couple of weeks, but hopefully he's fit, ready to go for that round 13 by the Tigers play the first week. Um, Jackson Hastings also signed a contract to start next year. What happens with Luke Brooks? I know that Hastings has been very open about not playing a ball, playing 13. Rolling wants to be in the halves. Turbo's back. Ruben Garrick, a fantastic pickup, I think, for Classic. Uh, your stocks on Manly, are they, are they going back up? Oh, big time, mate. Uh, at the start of the year, anybody that listened to the Park Footy podcast knows that Ethan and I were absolutely massive on the Seagulls uh, with Tom Travojevic in the team. I think Seagulls are the type of team that look like a top six team with Travojevic in their team and without him, they look like a bottom four team. Uh, it's just that 
Tom Travojevic makes such a difference to all of the players in that club. And it last week just goes to show he just, I think the amount of attention that he attracts, the what, the confidence that he brings to all the players around him, like a Ruben Garrick, uh, a player who I think is an, an excellent buy at the moment as well. Uh, it's just, yeah, Tom Travojevic is an absolute weapon and God, I hope he can stay injury free one for my super coach team. Cause I've just brought him in. Uh, and two, just for the league in general, he's such a specimen. We touched on Garrick there and like his scores were, were pretty uh, phenomenal considering how poor Manly were for those first couple of weeks. I think he was averaging uh, about 50. Uh, he put up scores of 58, 22, 88, 33, 49. Then obviously that 113 on the weekend helped by Tommy Turbo. But if Manly are firing, they're, they're going to score a lot of points and Ruben Garrick's going to be taking a lot of shots at goal and hopefully uh, could throw him over. He's a very capable kicker on that left-hand side for the Manly Seagulls as well, which is Turbo's favorite side to sweep around on. I think Garrick could be a fantastic pickup at 446, a similar mold to someone like a Jesse Ramian, but they have a, a pretty good draw. They have the Tigers this week. They have the Panthers next week. The Warriors, the Broncos, the Eels and the Knights doesn't play that first bye week, which I guess is the the big thing about him. But if you want someone to sort of step your team apart, definitely I, I like Ruben Garrick as a pickup, mate. Oh, for sure. And you hit the nail on the head there again is the fact that he's on that left-hand side and Tom Trebojevic doing those sweeping plays. He's going to be the benefit of that and he's going to be putting up some massive points. Even with uh, Tommy T not in that side, uh, for a winger, he's been putting up some pretty good scores there. So I think that uh, now that Tommy T is back in that side, he's just his scores are just going to inflate. The marquee game of the round, mate, the Roosters versus the Dragons, obviously full of tradition for Anzac Day. It's going to be uh, fantastic to see crowds back for Anzac Day footy. Uh, a little bit questionable about the Roosters jersey. There is some good sentiment behind it, but aesthetically, it's not the prettiest. Plenty of uh, plenty of talking points out of this. CRC Takiyaho has been named. There was a lot of concerns over him, though. As an owner, I am scared. Trent Robertson does like to rest him every now and then, but hopefully that he needs this win and, and he needs the boys to get up and play for, for, obviously, the occasion. Hopefully, TKO can get through the game unscathed. Another man that needs to really step up is James Sesco. I'm backing him for a big week myself. Uh, as I touched to you on earlier in the week, mate, it's been nearly 240 days since I've put the captaincy on Tedesco. I think that streak might get broken this week. I'm just banking on him to have a monstrous performance. Sam Verrills is back. I think that's really going to help. Victor Radley cleared from the judiciary last night as well. And we've also got uh, Ben Hunt on the extended bench for the Dragons. You see the Roosters winning this one pretty comfortably or you think it's going to be a pretty scrappy game? Mate, I, I tell you what, at the start of the year, if you had said to me uh, when the uh, Roosters and the Dragons play their traditional Anzac game, uh, I'm going to put the captaincy on Tedesco and it's going to be a pod move, I probably would have slapped you up the side of the head. I would have said there's no way in the world that is a pod move. but the Especially after that- those first two weeks, mate, when he went 100 100. Exactly, 100%. But the thing is, the Dragons are no pushover this year either. Um, the Dragons have been playing really, really well. Been playing very Anthony Griffin ball. It's very safe. It's putting the kicks into the corners. Uh, very grindy kind of football. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Tedesco. He could go for absolutely anything. He could go out there and absolutely punish it, or he could be really stashed away there. I think Sam Verrills makes uh, his case a little bit more interesting. I think Verrills is just going to open up the park for him. Uh, and the, the Roosters have really missed that from dummy half this year. It's just not having a, a quality hooker since Jake Friend's gone down. Um, so I think Tedesco could go out there and just put on massive numbers. On the Dragons side, so many players that you could look at that you wouldn't have looked at at the start of the year as well. Uh, is there any players that stand out for you on that Dragon side outside of maybe a Matt Duffy? For the Dragons, mate. I mean, they're sort of a, a well-rounded team, aren't they? There's no huge individual standout. Spen Hunt was phenomenal um, at the start of the year. Zach Lomax has always got a case for a season-long keeper. I think Jack Bird's been better than I thought for the price. Uh, Matt Dufty, as we touched on last week, mate. But there's no no huge standouts for this Dragon side. It's, it's one sort of cohesive unit. 
But I think the addition of Ben Hunt on that extended bench is really going to help them out. Oh, definitely, 100%. And once Ben Hunt comes back as well, you're just going to see the Dragons in full flight. And I'm really interested to see how they go. Uh, Jack Bird is one that's kind of interesting as well. Obviously, got the dual position there. Uh, we know center wings have not been a strong point at all this year. And I think that uh, Jack Bird's really stepped up this year and he's looked really impressive. And he seems to uh, get the ball in his hand more often than not as well. So uh, for super coaches, that's another one that I'd be keeping an eye on. Back to the Roosters, I think it's awful timing for us, in all honesty. I was looking at Sam Verrills pretty heavily, um, thinking that Jake Simkin wouldn't be seeing much game time so early on in the year. But with him coming back and someone like a Jaden Braley firing, uh, Harry Grant will touch on the next game. It, it makes Sam Verrills' case pretty hard to pick up for Supercoach, even though he is priced so cheaply. Oh, absolutely. And that's not to mention somebody like a Reid Mahoney as well, who's absolutely killed it last couple of weeks. He's got a really easy draw coming up as well. He's somebody that I put in my side last week simply because I could just see the draw that was coming up and he did not disappoint. So there's so many good hooker options there at the moment. It just depends what the rest of your team is doing. Now, we touched on Tedesco as a pod move. He looked very, very frustrated um, last week and the week before. I, just, I don't think he's happy with sort of the service that he's receiving. Um, nothing on young Sam Walker. He's doing his job phenomenally. But Tedesco is just not being freed up as much as he wants to be. No disrespect to Freddie Lassie or, or Ben Marshkey, but they're just not the same ball player that someone like a Jake Friend or, or a Sam Verrills is. We saw how much Melbourne flipped the switch when Harry Grant comes back. Uh, we're just hoping that this is the case of the Roosters. And like I said, it's a make or break week picking Tedesco, believe it or not, but but yeah, look, I'm backing him in for a big game and, and let's hope for the best. The last game is the Storm versus the Warriors and thankfully Pappenhausen hasn't been named. I couldn't think of anything worse than him being named and there being so much question marks over him for the last game of the round. So taking some positives out of that, we don't have to sit and wait for the news of Pappenhausen. He's just out. Nico Hines comes in, which don't get me wrong, that's a, that's a phenomenal replacement to have. Uh, Harry Grant, as we touched on before, just showing why he is probably the best hooker in the game, in my opinion. And also the middleman minutes, Dale Finney-Kane comes back. What's going to happen with guys like Tui Kamakamika, Nelson Asfa-Solomona, uh, Bromwich, Christian Welch, Brandon Smith, all these guys. Is it time to maybe look at selling Christian Welch or, or Nelson Asfa-Solomona if you've got them? Or are you going to happy to wait a week and see how Bellamy uses this rotation? To be honest, I think Nass is the one that will probably wear the brunt of all of this. I think that his minutes are the ones that are going to get decreased. I look at Welch, and I think Welch has been incredible this year. I think that they need him on the field as much as possible, to be honest. Um, I look at, obviously, a Brendan Smith as well. He's been really, really good this year. But the fact is that all of all of his positions there in hooker and then obviously in uh, lock there with Dale Finucane coming back, He's just, he's not the best player in those positions. So I think that you'll see uh, Brendan Smith eventually go back to the bench over the next couple of weeks and bring those players like your Harry Grant and your Dale Finucane back into their starting spots. Uh, so as Brendan Smith is somebody that I'd be keeping an eye on. If you do have him in your team at the moment, I'd be very, very wary over the next couple of weeks in making a decision. Uh, in saying that though, obviously Harry Grant's going to be playing uh, for Queensland this year. So he may be somebody that you could hold on to over origin. Uh, Brendan Smith is like, Basically, for that sole reason that I just spoke about there is somebody that I've avoided uh, just because I'm just so uncertain about his position in this team and what's going to go on there with Storm. And it's just another headache for your side. Uh, but the Storm, without uh, Papenhausen, not going to make a difference whatsoever. I expect big games from people like Jerome Hughes, uh, obviously Cam Munster and uh, Harry Grant. I think they're really going to pick up the slack for this game. Yeah, I think if you own Cam Munster and you haven't been overly happy with his performances, I mean, he's pumped out consistent 70s with no huge score. Um, this might be the make or break week. As for Brandon Smith, you touched on him moving back to the bench. Do you think that, obviously we know that Harry Grant's an 80-minute player and he can play 80 in the middle. We saw that at the Tigers last year, but 
Do you think there could be a world where Brandon Smith starts the rest of the season with Harry Grant coming off the bench after 20 minutes? Brandon Smith, while he's still fresh, can provide an okay amount of ball for that first 20. He comes off and then Harry Grant comes on and really terrorizes that middle third, similar like a Connor Watson that plays a different position, obviously, but really terrorizes middle forwards with Brandon Smith coming on to play sort of a roaming lock role in that last half an hour. Or do you think that in due time, Harry Grant will be the 80 minute player and we'll see Brandon Smith start from the bench? To be honest, like for me personally, I think Harry Grant needs to be the 80-minute player. Like you, you saw what he did last week against the Roosters and he absolutely chopped them up and the Roosters are obviously no pushover at all. But the fact is that the combination with him and Brendan Smith there, it's just it's such an interesting one and there's so many elements to it. Obviously, Origin coming up, which we just spoke of, that's going to play a massive part. Obviously, Harry Grant's going to be playing all three games and then when he comes back from that, you know, is he going to be a bit burnt out for a couple of rounds? So we're going to see Brendan Smith pick up the slack for there and then maybe the back six, six rounds or so, we'll see Harry Grant uh, start to push his minutes and get back into that 80 minutes or it's yeah there's just so many question marks around it um, I love Harry Grant he was somebody who I wanted to get into my side last week but again so many question marks around it I think you have to have a, a giant set of nuts if you're going to be, bring in either of those players at this point now I'll ask you a non-super coach question if we were playing New Zealand next week who's your number nine Oh, I'd have to go Harry Grant. I think Harry Grant's the best player, uh, best hooker in the in the comp already, uh, and it's only going to, you know, that's only going to separate over the years as well. Tough time to read Marnie, isn't it? Oh, big time. I mean, Reed Marnie's been absolutely killing it this year. Again, he's in my super coach. Uh, I think he's easily the second best player, but in terms of uh, for, for Queensland hooker role, but yeah, Harry, it's Harry Grant in the daylight for me. Yeah, I, I agree, mate. I, I think uh, Damien Cook. As we've touched on off camera, mate, um, I think he, he may be the the beneficiary of a, of a good 24 months or so. And then people just want to ride the coattails of that. But I think Harry Grant's the future, mate, and, and very, very happy that he's a Queenslander. Uh, we'll go over tips quickly before we finish up. Panthers, Knights. Uh, I'm going to go Penrith. Uh, I've got Penrith there too. Titans, Rabbitohs. I'm going to go the Rabbitohs here, mate. Yeah, I'll go Rabbitohs as well. Eels, Broncos. I'll go Eels. No surprises there. Eels for me as well. Sharks, Bulldogs. Uh, Sharkies for me. Nothing surprising here. Sharks for me as well. Cowboys, Raiders. This will be an interesting one. Up in this North is interesting. It's a very interesting one. And a play we didn't touch on there was Caleb Akins for, for the Raiders playing fullback. Did we have he to did, touch on him? He, oh, mate. He did exactly <laughs> what, what we thought he was going to do. It just went out there, put up big meters, but did absolutely nothing outside of that. Uh, for me, look, I'm going to go the Raiders just because of the players that they've brought back in. I know Cowboys are in a bit of a high at the moment, but they've versed two pretty poor teams in the last two weeks. My heart wants to say the Cowboys, but I think Ricky Stewart is the coach to get these boys fired up. Tigers versus Eagles. Uh, I'm going to have to go see Eagles, unfortunately. Mate, this is not very interesting. We've gone the same picks. Uh, Roosters, Dragons. Uh, I'll go Roosters. Jesus, yep. And the Storm, the Warriors. Uh, I'll go Storm. We are eight from eight, my friend, this week. No changes, nothing exciting to happen. Thank you very much for joining me again this week, mate. Uh, We'll talk all things footy next Wednesday. But for now, keep your friends close. Keep your pods closer. That's all, folks. (laughs) 